Hola, everyone. Welcome to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. This is Teresa Gonzalez, the co-founder of Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. As always, thank you for subscribing to our podcast on all your podcast platforms. And please go to our website at latinasb2b.com and sign up for our newsletter and also to check out our other podcasts and episodes that have been released. So today I have some chingonas here and we are going to show some intergenerational wisdom right here on this podcast holding it down in technology and journalism which are my favorite things besides tacos enchilada and margaritas but these chingonas put our mijas and mujeres in a strong cultural pride in the media since back in 2002 but not only that they have been spearheading technology and growing the creativity of our latinitas to be more expressive and not to be alone to strive in their dreams and having positive images and more investment in their STEM educations. So one of these chingonas is Laura Donnelly, who co-founded Latinitas in 2002. And she did this to represent Latinas in media and technology by first launching Latinitas Magazine, which is an online publication. And you can go to latinitasonline.org. She began to create low-cost STEM programming so that she could help cultivate an army of future innovators equipped to produce and create and express themselves through the latest 21st century technologies. But not only that, she has brought on Sylvia Butanda, who was born and raised in Brownsville, Texas. She is the oldest of six kids and a daughter of immigrant parents. She graduated from the University of Texas at Austin with a bachelor's degree in journalism. In 2018, she was recognized by the Congressman Lloyd Doggett as an out-of-school time champion award by the Learn All the Time Network for her work in empowering girls in Central Texas. She is also a graduate of the 2019 class of the Greater Austin Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And Sylvia is just one of the few Latina executive directors in Austin in a city of 6,000 nonprofits. So I am blown away by these two women that we are going to talk to here in my podcast. These Latinas have become the bilingual STEM education nonprofit in Austin for nearly 20 years. So they have their own coding school and basic tech literacy for parents. And they have served 33,000 girls and teens since 2002. Holy hijuele. So let's get to it and let's start our conversation with Laura Donnelly, CEO of Latinitas and the Deputy Executive Director, Silvia Butanda. Hola, mujeres. Welcome to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. It's so great to be here, Teresa. We're kind of in the same club, right? Latinitas yep. has this reputation of disruption and we were very inspired by that you are an outspoken force in what we're just seeing is disparities, right? That have always existed. I think at Latinitas, our intention was early on to increase the representation of Latinas in media and technology. And both of those things, because you can't have one without the other. You can't produce without tech access and tech skills. And really, if we want more girls, 
definitely more Latinas, more girls of color to be seeing themselves in STEM fields. You know, they got to see that in media. That's how we all learn where we belong in this in this world. Are we reflected? Are those narratives reflected? So when we started Latinitas, it was a perfect storm. Latinos were becoming the largest minority population in the U.S. And there was all this talk of like, the sleeping giant is going to awaken while that has been evolving since that, you know, 20 years ago, since Latinitas began as a magazine for girls and then also programming to get the girls to actually produce and create and innovate. I feel like that we are right now in the tipping point. So I think in Latinitas were half excited. There's some trauma going on. I mean, if, oh, of yeah. course, uh, uh, there's there's a lot of reflection and identifying with what's happening. We work with Austin's largest youth population, but also it's most marginalized. So there, the thrill that the conversation has begun, and there's an immense gratitude at Latinitas that it is it's coming through the conduit of the unfortunate of the, the death of black males. Uh, but thank. God, it's creating an emotive reaction nationwide. So we're all recognizing how we have known about these inequities all along. And then there's a little more permission out there and reception of the actual movement we're going to have to make to make changes. And and I just before, you know, I, I think Sylvia probably has a ton of things to add to this. I think what I always loved about Latinitas was that we were always trying to change the conversation. The conversation, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on regarding civil rights and police action has always been the police know they knew what was right. The justice was being served. No, this wasn't, you know, the numbers of, of uh, black males incarcerated. It's not a reflection of bias. It's a reflection of their behavior. I think those are the most important things that are shifting now. The conversation of like, whoa, the game was fixed from the get-go. Yeah. And, and I think in Latinitas, that happens too. It's STEM. The conversation says, oh, you should join STEM. Be like Steve Jobs. Be like Bill Gates. You should learn to fit into this club. When, you know, we always talk about in Latinitas that STEM and the exploration of those ideas have always belonged to Latinas, that have, it's always belonged to indigenous people. Most of the original technologies came from them. So, yes. Syl, what's, what's churning for you? Because these are some of our favorite topics to discuss. And of course, yeah, right you now. You ladies are after my own heart because <laughs> that's, I found you for a reason. And just to, Sylvia, before we bring you into the conversation, I don't know if, Laura shared with you how we first met. It was a conference here in in San Francisco, right in the Bay Area. It was uh, Latinas in Tech, and you know I'm very passionate about Latinas, and I I was really just kind of like, wow, there's a tech conference for Latinas, and blah blah blah, and uh, you know my heart was full, and then you know I was a contract worker. And towards the end of the facilitation of this panel, I, you know, I saw all these Latinas that were in HR roles and talking about how we need more Latinas in tech and, you know, how do we open the doorway? And I was just floored by the conversation that we weren't, I don't know, I felt invisible because 
I said, here we are. There's 250 of us here. And I just met 15 contract workers that have been working at Google, Facebook, and uh, a few other tech companies in Silicon Valley. And we've been talking about how we can't get hired, yet we have the experience, degrees, and so on and so forth. And I just said, you know, I went up there and I raised my hand and I said, why aren't we hiring contract workers? Because we're all here. And everybody snapped and clapped their hands. And I wasn't trying to be rude to these ladies. I just said, if you're in a position of power, how do we open the doors for us? Because Mm -hmm. here we are, there's 250 of us here. And we could feel, we could raise that percentage rate of Latinas and people of color. And I said, Mm -hmm. we're only contract workers. We're only in the bathrooms, uh, you know, cleaning the toilets or in the kitchen you know, at these companies that that's where they see us. Right. And here we are. Why aren't we all hired employees at these companies? And this one woman, unfortunately, she got really mad at me. (laughs) I was actually at that conference. Okay. I specifically remember you stepping up and talking about the contract workers and that kind of shaking the panel a little bit. And I think that was a much needed comment on your end. So yes, thank you for stepping up. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if you were there, but I just, (laughs) that was a a very big moment for me because I said, I have to call it out. I've been talking to all these ladies and we're like, Hey, you know, they're hiring, they're doing hiring workshops and here we are and we work there and we can't get hired. It was just this craziness. So anyway, (laughs) I told Laura at some point that The woman from Facebook, where I was working at the time, did come to me and she said, how can I help? And I said, well, you know, I think the discussion is more of how can you help get more of us hired? And how is that going to change? And then she quite frankly said to me, that's really above my pay grade. Like telling me it comes from the top down, Mm -hmm. no matter how much she wants to change that. And then I said, you know what? It's time. It's time for me to leave and to start this movement with Latinas, with Latinos, people of color, to put their story out there and to start their own business or to really get loud, like what's happening right now, so that we can say we deserve to be here. Because in California, we are over 50% of the population here in California, which is huge. So there can't be this... 2%. Just like Texas. I mean, we're with you, right? I mean, we are, and you know, this, this state is going to have to respond to that. And yet, I mean, I wonder if you share the same experience we have, you know, 80% of our incoming kindergarten in Austin public schools are Latino, but you can be in Latin Austin and not realize that mm-hmm. you can be in spaces where you never see those families or children. Yep, exactly. So Sylvia, I want to bring you into this discussion because you're a chingona down there leading. uh, You're creating leadership for a lot of, you know, Latinas down there. You're a journalism graduate and you are the executive director of Latinitas, which is huge based in, I think there's 6,000 nonprofit organizations in Austin. So congratulations to you. But tell us how Latinitas became your destiny And where do you see Latinitas fitting into this new conversation amongst our black and brown brothers and sisters, especially in these fields? Thank you. So 
my journey with Latinita started in college at UT. I was looking for a part-time job and one of my close friends at the time was a photography intern for Latinita. So she recommended I check them out because it would be a perfect fit. And she was absolutely right. I was a Latinita once, you know, I was a nine-year-old mm. girl with plenty of ideas about my future and the motivation to express myself through art, music, dance, and and found that media and tech were just very interesting topics. Now I have the honor and the privilege of serving the next generation of chicas and get them engaged with Latinitas in hopes that they will find their interests and have an idea of how they want to use their talents, their perspective, their identity and culture, and keep that confidence in who they are and what they are capable of doing. So as an organization, I mean, we were built with inclusivity and communities of color in mind. Mm -hmm. So in my time at Latinitas, I've been a part of local initiatives, community groups, networks that prioritize the black and brown voices and have come to have a much deeper understanding of why what Latinitas does is important in the city and also how, how we can improve. Right. As a personal motto, there's always room for improvement. I think as, as an organization, we're always moving towards how to maintain our current presence, but also always looking at how we can do more, be better at serving our black and brown girls, um, be better and do more to continue to have girls be creators through media and tech, because as the world evolves, media and tech has been and will always be a part of that evolution mm -hmm. and the stories that are and will be told. We need to ensure that girls are of color are at the helm of that innovation, of that storytelling and um, those conversations that need to lead to action and the movements that drive our community forward. So, you know, we're always looking ahead and hoping to serve the community in, in that way of just making sure that the space is there, the voices are there and amplifying all of that as a movement is powerful and important to us. So tell me a little bit about what you see as the new narrative coming forward that you were just describing, because what I decided to do and to put Latinas in a, every piece of my content, my podcast is obviously Latinas from the block to the boardroom, because like Laura, well, when I worked at Google, I was mortified at the search engine results. And still today, if I put Latinas in the search for Google, it's very sexually objectified. It's, you know, everything sexualizing Latinas. It's really terrible. And that's where I wanted to change the narrative with technology. And, you know, I found you, both of you, and you have been starting this revolution a long time ago, Laura, since 2002. And here you're the new generation, Sylvia, coming up. So what do you see with technology and the narrative changing? How do you see it evolving? Because it has not changed. And we need to, especially with technology and the new platforms. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that with Latinitas, we're trying to instill this mindset in the girls that they are not just consumers, but they're creators. So everything that we expose them to, whether it's in media or in technology, not only are they, you know, trying robotics and coding, but they're having to have the literacy behind that and understand 
what are the current statistics of Latinas, of women of color in these industries right now? Mm -hmm. And having them understand that their voice, their perspective is needed in those industries. Same with media and filmmaking and music or what have you. It, there just needs to be more narratives. It's just there's always like this one, you know, when people think of Latinas, they have like maybe a set number of narratives that come along right. with that. And having the girls understand that they don't have to go into those boxes. In fact, there there shouldn't be any boxes at all. It's like you are Latina. Exactly. You are Latina, whether or not you speak perfect Spanish. You are Latina, whether or not, you know, you are close to your family from another country. You are Latina, whether or not, you know, society tells you. Yeah, I think it's just continuing to shift the mindset of being a Latina is being you. And whatever you're seeing in the media, in the tech realms, that is just, you know, one narrative. Like you you have your own that you can come into, instill that narrative and have it be part of the conversations moving forward. So, yeah, it's about having them understand that they are creators, not just consumers, that they are innovators in their own right and that their identity and culture is what they make it out to be. Right. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I want to add on to what Sylvia said, because again, this is my favorite thing to talk about as <laughs> amongst the three of us, actually. Right. And if you want innovation, you got to have diverse viewpoints. I always, through the years, there's been over 30,000 girls that have come in and out of Latinitas. They're as young as nine. Wow. They're as old as 18. This year we launched our own coding school. So we were doing a lot of um, introduction, uh, introductory courses, to digital media production, uh, coding, virtual reality, augmented reality. Our coding school takes it up another level. In that span of time, we're not getting those voices at the technology development you know, table. We're not getting that voice right. at the, the cinema development table. And right. But when it comes, it is it's coming from a reference point that hasn't been channeled and is, is original. And I can't emphasize enough the value of our origin in media literacy because, right. yeah, you got you to gotta first say, like, where are you in that story? Just like Sylvia said, and that I could not undervalue enough like or value enough how valuable it was to have a culture be integral to what we did. Because I think, you know, adults, we take for granted that children in the U.S., particularly U.S. Latinos, kids, transnational kids who move here, that they find pride in the things that we think they should. Mm -hmm. Aren't you proud of your, or your ability to have a bilingual mind or a bilingual, be able to communicate bilingually? And we have found, you know, sometimes that hasn't been wholly supported in school or maybe it hindered them from achieving on their you know standardized test so sometimes the things that we think are so amazing and marketable are actually you know some of the things that are holding the girls up with confidence so when we infuse culture and identity as the sort of the always the template in latinitas it's restorative it is of course, empowering. And there's also then there's a comfort to communicate and participate. Uh, girls are coming to Latinitas that are not going to other girl empowerment organizations or STEM education. And I think that's, you know, a big shining point for us that there's attracting diversity to media, tech, STEM is not rocket science. No. <laughs> to not make, make a pun. And there's no magic wand to make it happen. It is these deliberate actions of, you know, having a mentor that maybe looks like you or understands you, having that space where you can express yourself in the, in, and not only language-wise, the girls in Latinitas want to express themselves. They want to have a, a, 
a mission attached to their project. They want to know it's going to make a difference. I would say that's the number one motivator for most of the girls that come in and take on a a lesson in, you know, virtual reality production or mm. robotics or even, you know, making a movie. I so love that. That combination, you know, that's a very basic formula, yet that is what's going to have a girl put herself to the next obstacle, which could be a computer science degree. That's going to push her to the next level when she's at that table and she might be getting talked over <laughs> by someone else that she's able to respond and overcome that and have her point of view considered because i think there's so much that hasn't been designed yet because all those voices are still pretty muted that is so that's truth right there such truth and that i feel that silicon valley that's their loss and i am waiting mm -hmm. for a bunch of latinas or latinos or just brown and black unity to come together and make their own facebook to make their own application, you know, in healthcare, something, something, because now there's more people of color that are going into VC, which is, you know, venture capital, you know, distribution, or they're coming together to pool their money together to invest in black and brown, you know, designs, technology. And I think that's just huge. It's like, forget it. You know, it's like, we can't wait. We can't wait. Gender parity, for us to get in there and to be paid the same rate as computer science engineer, it's never going to happen if we keep just waiting around. I think it's like 170 years or something like that for us to get gender parity pay. That's crazy. I mean, what? how do you do that? That I mean, we talked about that in my last podcast with uh, Natalie Molina Nino, who's amazing. She is one of the Latinas that started in tech and she has a VC firm. So that's a, another podcast that we talked about, but she is very much on this path. She has a company called Outcomes Over Optics, where she is looking for that next company or technology. And Latinas are a big focus for her. So I feel like Latinitas has a huge platform right now, especially with the, the large pool of young girls that you're working with. And Laura, just with your background, being a computer science major from... Yeah, I don't know if I should say the the time frame. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was before computers. It was, <laughs> it was before computers. You mean you had your abacus? It was you were using an abacus back. <laughs> I learned the language C, and it still exists, but it's not necessarily used. You know, when we teach the girls web design, they're learning HTML, JavaScript. I like that. I like that. Uh, I think sometimes you know, yeah, we're diverted from certain fields. I didn't. I actually ended up majoring in journalism as an undergrad because I did have challenging experiences with professors. There were no women in the, the department. I'm in my 20s, so I'm like, or even younger. And so I'm thinking, well, this is not a good fit for me. Mm. And if I could tell my older self to my younger self, I would say, stick it out. Yeah. I think that despite going down a, a different road and back again and through publishing and then returning to grad school and meeting a, a co-founder that shared a vision, going in a nonprofit, which is also really different. You know, there's a whole recipe to that. Everything you do matters. So I think that's like, gives us a lot of motivation too at Latinitas. Not every girl's going to come out of a club or a camp 
or a conference to be like a, an engineer, but something's manifesting and it yes. could be using technology for social justice. It could be using tech to create something new in health. So I think like Sylvia and I can assure you there is an army of chicas coming up the ranks yes. and they're not having it. And I, I also think that- <laughs> I love that. that, army of chicas. <laughs> Well, we're seeing it right now. I mean, in some ways, Sylvia walked that line of being that. She is the jefe of chicas right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sylvia, I just want to bring you into the discussion because here's the army of chicas coming. You are in Austin. You're leading this organization that has a lot of power. Since 2002, you're highly recognized. There's a lot of organizations down in Austin, one of them being a Dell and I actually had worked there for about four years. So I understand the culture there. It's a little crazy, but it's very male dominated. And there's other industries that are bubbling up around there, right? Especially in Austin. So, and South by Southwest, that's a huge platform for a lot of people to bring creativity together. And you guys are usually on those panels talking and leading a lot of those discussions. So without that, well, all of that due to COVID, right? Bringing that into play, the COVID in our in our communities, the young girls out there that are probably really scared. How do we manifest empowerment for them through the organization right now that they really have? I mean, this is their time to like dig in and this is where you can make it happen for community, building an app, or creating a product, right, for people. Like, Vaparu, give me a break. You know, everybody uses Vaparu. You could start an engine with Vaparu, you know. It's like, how can we not create something <laughs> with yeah. Yerba Buena and all these herbs that we know, right? <laughs> and here's Vaparu for everything. Why can't we create, a, you know, the next Johnson & Johnson with, you know, all our Yerba Buenas? So... I'm leaving that in your hands to kind of take, I know that's a big roundabout question, but you're leading the Chica army right now as Laura said, <laughs> down in Austin. Despite COVID, our programs are still moving forward and the purpose of it will still be intact and having girls connect to the issues and challenges in media and tech that pertain to health, uh, pertain to design, leadership, social justice, filmmaking, um, the girls will be exposed to all of those topics and they will be challenged to think outside the box, to come up with a business idea that is focused on social mm -hmm. good. They will create a social media campaign that highlights a challenge or an issue that they want for their family and their peers to learn about. They will create films that, again, amplify their perspective or their identity. So yeah, I mean, despite everything having to be virtual, that's definitely not stopping the, the Chica army from getting that literacy, from getting that exposure, from working together with other girls in their city, even beyond. Now that we're virtual, we're able to touch more girls in South Texas, where I'm from, and from other parts of Central Texas, San Antonio, that are going to be a part of this program moving forward. And they will continue to have this exposure, this access, the mentors uh, working with them on a weekly basis to just continue this, this trend of empowering them, of having them learn about different industries and understanding 
how and why media and tech is so important for those industries and why they are at the helm of that innovation. Wow. Yeah, and COVID, I, I feel like COVID was a, it's a curse and a blessing for Latinitas. Mm. Um, kind of circling back to when, you know, when you first introduced the interview, what's going on in the world right now, the response to George Floyd's you know, murder, there's a, an awareness of civil action that's happening. There's civil disobedience, civil protests that are happening. COVID did something similar for us. It upturned or exposed what Latinitas has been experiencing since our origin, that our girls were less connected, mm -hmm. that there was less access to internet, sometimes even to be able to just get internet. And then of course, then there's the secondary to be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. Our school system learned when the shelter in place calls came to be that 40,000 students were without a device, wow. some sort of tech access. So that could have been internet or the actual Unacceptable. computer. And we only have 80,000 kids in our school district. So 50% of the kids had some sort of deficit. We already knew that because we were doing our programs in the library or we were calling parents if we wanted to communicate about programs. It, it was sometimes more effective than an email because maybe that wasn't arriving. As parents have caught up with smartphone use, there's still limitations because maybe that is the single smartphone in the house. So we, I like that the the COVID pointed out the disparities, but it's a bit frustrating because I think we've been talking about it as an organization for a really long time and with like-minded organizations. But I'm, I'm truly grateful that at this point, we can teach more remote learning because those students were granted devices and we'll be able to keep them. And then just like Sylvia said, we our last coding Code Chica cohort had attendance from El Paso, which wow. is even though it's still in Texas, it's ten hours from from Austin. So we're we're super excited about the potential of. I mean, COVID might help us scale and grow faster than we thought we could before it hit. Mm -hmm. You know, that brings up a good question about you know the inequities of school programs and how you're there to support a lot of the community, right? With these. I want to say enhancement programs. We're in the schools. We have a our after school program is based in schools. We access the libraries uh, where we provide weekend workshops, camps. We access some public spaces and also uh, some shared space on our like where we office. So we I think like how we've operated is we just go where community is. I mean. All of our after-school programs are entirely in, in, you know, exclusively underfunded schools. And when we were in libraries, because there was free internet mm -hmm. there and there were labs, and that is where public was convening. So I think we really go where the girl is. We were the only, you know, programming in public housing for the longest time because that is just how we operated. We just showed up where they were. Mm -hmm. I'll just share real quick. I mean, what we do is preventative. I, I was just talking about this with other communities of color focused nonprofits in Austin. If all that we had to worry about at Latinitas was like a girl feels empowered, that'd be a piece of cake. But we are <laughs> wanting them to be, you know, a student STEM and, and compete in a 21st century economy. Yes. We want them to feel safe and like their country is behind them and, and includes them in their constituency. We want them to not have anxiety that maybe their parents are not documented. We would love it if, uh, yes, they weren't viewed at, you know, with bias or racism. So I think like, you know, nonprofits that 
focus heavily on communities of color. You know, there's so many layers of wraparound services that we we do college advising, mm-hmm. but that's not really our focus. But it, it just is something that comes up. We do sometimes soft skills like interviewing, getting a job, salary negotiation for our alumni. So I think like I'm a little fed up with the how nonprofits have uh, you know focused on on the communities that we serve are burdened with all this. You know, I'm like where because we also receive you know, a considerably less amount of funding. I mean, foundations are only giving 10% of their give to communities of color-led organizations. So there's this big mismatch. We are having great results. We're graduating 50% more STEM majors than the national average of girls overall. I mean, nice. people should be doing backflips. And yet there is that, that wraparound. It provides us with an opportunity to be a, a prevention space like if we can get a girl focused on herself and her views and her innovation and her creativity, well then, you know, she's going to be more okay. It's going to boost her confidence. So I feel like, yes, we, while we're tasked with one thing, we do many things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think these are the kind of opportunities for kids. Cause those aren't bad kids. A lot of girls that get in trouble, get in fights. It, it, a lot of times they're, you know, subjected to some sort of sexual abuse or harassment. Oh yeah. There's like, yeah, a, yeah. you know, a very distinct correlation. Yep. Latinas in general, may, there's maybe a greater challenge to seek, you know, support and help dealing with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. because it's maybe, you know, there's inhibition about it, or maybe the family has got their own stress going on so right i think when we can be that space yep we, we definitely have a role in prevention and so i don't know let me what popped up for you when i first started latinitas i was a program leader for a middle school in east austin and those girls it was explicitly said to me from one of the school administrators that all of these girls had some sort of like disciplinary like trend of being troublemakers in class. So going into that classroom with 14, 15 middle school Latinas, a lot of energy to deal with for sure. But throughout that entire year of meeting with them every Friday, you know, some girls would get in trouble so they wouldn't be there that week. And, you know, sometimes I, I thought that what I was doing wasn't working or that they weren't listening to me or that they just were there because they were forced to. But by the end of the year, I didn't realize how much of an impact I had until the end when it was the last day or one of the last days and the girls were devastated that it was ending and that they started saying and giving me notes of how much they appreciated me and being patient with them. I remember a few girls being like, thank you for being patient with me, miss. Like this is (laughs) Mm. not a lot of my teachers are. And it's just, and I had so many conversations with them that reflecting on it now, I mean, it was cultural headwinds. It was their family, like not not having the best family Mm -hmm. life or in school, like having teachers that didn't listen to their issues or administrators, unfortunately, that thought that punishment and detention and ISS was going to be the solution for them to to behave. Um, And and yeah, through the media and tech activities, through me being willing to listen to them and, you know, guide them on this journey. um, By the end, I saw a real difference in them. I saw girls that in the beginning wouldn't listen to me, wouldn't do the activity. By the end, they, you know, they wanted to stick around after the club and talk to me. So it was an experience that opened my eyes to just what other girls are experiencing throughout the city, probably throughout the nation, that we need to 
be conscious of the cultural headwinds and we need to be conscious of how schools operate and we need to put effort into mental health services into yes just healthcare i mean everything that like beyond just policing that is from what i've seen that is not the solution um that is not the mm-hmm. final like thing that will get a girl to to behave or to you know to be a model student quote unquote it really came from seeing it firsthand that like intentional deliberate focus on them and listening to them and getting them to focus their energy into something that's creative or focus their effort into something that allows them to express themselves was transformative i just wanted to add just you know when alicia rascon and i started this as students media and tech were things we were like interested in or you know the tech helped you make the media the media was what we were obsessed with and we never kind of fa- imagined that how uh, adaptable and fluid it could be and because of that we could be you know we could be very nimble and silvy was making me think of when the issues would come up with the girls if they were you know restless we could just act in the moment and sometimes it happens with um you know a cultural issue like again bring it back to what's going on right now mm-hmm. we're, we're having a, we're doing our own inventory at latinitas like what's the colorism that goes on in our organization and we could do that with the girls if a girl said why is she here because the you know the other student was maybe mixed black mexican or afro latina mm. or asian uh asian latino or just asian we could right there in the moment you know say all right we need we need to create an activity about this mm-hmm. and have them examine why they're at, you know asking that question in the way they're asking it kind of rude nice it, i remember same with relationships we asked them about what's a good relationship and and uh, we had these round table and uh, you know the answers were a little devastating like a lot of them had just had bad experiences of watching them you know their role models in uh, maybe dad cheated or So again, it could help us create an activity that created like a healthy discussion, de- you know, stigmatize some of those things. So I think the the media and tech thing's been kind of magical for us because it it also is a little uh, you can hide something serious in there too. Uh we're going to make a website about all the things you love. So they're doing something technical, but then they're all they're also recognizing their their values. So yeah, we've We didn't plan that, but that happened and that's been a, a great tool at Latinitas. Well, I think that dovetailing into both of your um experiences and what you're providing out into the community and being in the school systems is and addressing, you know, the the biracialness of, you know, Latinx, which is a huge thing, is that they see you seeing them right so they see you as seeing them and it takes investing emotionally into those kids and once they build that trust like they see me and they're also seeing a latina or a person of color in education that really cares about them that because i mean i want to cry right now it gives them a safe space you know because i i had that experience you know where it was like i could only see myself and i felt safe at school sometimes you know as much as i moved around i don't know why i'm getting so emotional because it's just such a happy thing but the world is changing and i'm very emotional about it right now and you ladies are really putting that effort out there and it's it's just a relief and such a wonderful thing i'm i mean i'm crying because i'm happy but i'm just seeing justice you know it's justice and i'm so happy for you sylvia that 
you know, I see these kids here and I just get so upset that no one is investing in these young minds. You know, no one is taking and we are doing all the heavy lifting. And so when you see these corporations and everybody putting out these messages, it's like put your money where your mouth is and go out to these communities and partner with these organizations and say what you're going to do. That's all it takes is investment, time, and showing that you really care because that's all they want, you know, because we, we're invisible at times. But when you want us to show up and see us in these low-paying jobs and, you know, we can't get in the door, that's why there's this implosion of social justice right now because we're tired. And I think this is where... The impact in Latinitas is really going to move the dial in education and tech. And it just makes my heart really full. And I guess I'm crying, too, because the whole DACA thing got um, passed today for all those kids. So I'm just I'm really full of emotion today. Uh, <laughs> and so, it's time for more. Asks. Yeah, like we, definitely time we for more asks. A, yeah, a as you're a journalist. Uh, you know, Sylvia and I are leading a nonprofit. Sometimes I'm like, where's the public leadership? They need to say this. Joaquin needs to say this. Julian Castro needs to say it. But it, uh, there's more questions to ask. There's a pathway to citizenship that's got to come next. Okay, DACA, great. You know, we're, we're kind of keeping, you know, Trump and his <sighs> cohorts' actions at bay. But now let's see some action. Just like Netflix, I love your Black Lives channel. <laughs> Okay, show me your budget breakdown yes. because I only saw Hentified come out last year. Where's all the other Hentified? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think like we Walmart. You value your customer. Who's your number? Who is your base? Okay, stop calling immigrant raids in your in your. <laughs> now I'm gonna start alienating. No, 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 no. This sponsors. is the platform wanna, to say I think it. This we is have it. A cool opportunity. No, this is the platform. It's our time. It's time to ask more. Yes. Well, I like that it's, I mean, it's it's going, also going to be, I think, as I said, there's Latinitas coming up the ranks. There's an army of girls. And I mean that in a very transcendent way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look up to uh, the teens that are standing up against school shootings. Like the, mm -hmm. there is a voice that, and so we, we have, we have an opportunity too. maybe we can't do as much as the heavy lifting, but we can, uh, we can, I, I mean, sometimes when you're working a cause you're doing a hard job sometimes it's just good to know people have your back yes and are and believe uh, in you and just yeah, to be told yeah. i believe in you so yeah we have we have things that are too, very accessible yep. uh to to help move this you know keep the momentum going i think it's amazing it's so amazing right now to, it is an amazing time right now for all of us to just and i i, I just feel it it's it's a strong time for us and I think that we do need to see more of us in in positive. I, I'm waiting for the hidden figures for Latinas to come out. <laughs> I know, I was waiting for you to talk about this. We were all there to talk and address the issue of how we are, just like in tech, there are no writers in that space. We are not represented. We have no movies to come out and when we do here's the other thing when we do do it 
we all have to close ranks together and support that movie no matter what or because that's how we show up in numbers and they say there's a market but they see us very and this is what i i learned there was that they see us all divided like uh puerto rican and dominican and mexican and cuban and you know it's not this it's not that and you know they just see us so they just do a broad brush with us but my thought is when black panther comes out or any african american movie comes out everybody closes ranks and they go to see that movie they buy tickets and they show up it's not about oh you're nigerian or you're kenyan or you're oh you're an immigrant uh you know dominican you know afro cuban you know there's none of that or you're from the bronx yeah there's yeah, there's like, none of that Nigerian is totally different from being from the bronx and yeah i, th- I mean maybe it's coming I mean, again these movements that are happening the protests that are happening it's uh, it's bringing people together it's you know uh brown people are feeling affirmed by the you know empowerment of black people i i, I do think yeah it's it, we you know latinos make up the smallest pies of, of studio heads directors of course even the representations on the screen less than 1% i think and that's really scary because we are so dominating i don't understand how we can go and buy something that is representative of all of our latinx cultures but we can't show up and support the box office or support these movies and documentaries on netflix because those numbers are telling and the more we the more we support them the more they get done so i know we're coming up on a we've we've been chatting about so many things and i think it's it's really just wonderful and i want to have part two <laughs> at some point with you ladies and sylvia i want to leave you're bringing up this new generation and i want to hear what is your goals moving forward with laura and latanitas and what are you seeing that is really inspiring to you just you know from that perspective of media and tech i mean we talked about a ton of things you know which all latinas do we can we can talk for hours you know <laughs> <laughs> growing up i was and i i mean i still am a person that gravitates towards spaces that prioritize creativity, innovation, social good. So Latinitas has always been on that track. And I mean, I see us just expanding. I see like how we talked about before, the virtual programming is opening up um, so many opportunities for mm-hmm. us to reach girls in other parts of Central Texas, the state, the country that will you know, for sure benefit from participating in Latinitas. I see the girls having more of a helm and they have helped us decide what we teach them. But I think, you know, we're on this path of of wanting to hear more consistently what is it that they want to learn and putting that into action. So we just actually had a focus group interview with a couple of young Latinitas that are going into sixth grade yesterday uh, and they were telling us about what value they got out of the program and how latinitas has made them feel strong and what they're interested in doing in the future and um they were very inspired by the creative activities that they did at latinitas they loved the photography they loved the the crafting but it was always tied back to some sort of cultural topic right. or something that you know was relevant to learning about 
women in STEM, um, Latinas in STEM, their own culture, their own um, you know values that Laura was mentioning. So I'd be curious and then motivated to just continue this trend of not just waiting every quarter to do it or, or at the end of every semester, but have it be a consistent conversation with them because we, the program team meets them on a weekly basis and during the summer, it's very consistent, but we want to make sure that we're always staying relevant and just making sure that the girls, they're deciding what we teach them. So I think that's something worth just amplifying even more than, than what we do right now. Yeah, no, that's great. I think, well, you're giving them a voice and that's all they want to do is they just want to be heard. You know, they just want to be heard. And also, I think getting that cultural perspective and knowing more about the history and, you know, why we need to see them in these areas is so important. And I think both of you just championing that that message and, you know, being the jefas of the Chica Army and, you know, your Latinitas, it's amazing. And I, I'm so glad that we had this conversation today. And I want to do a part two. I do want to do a part two. We have just touched little things here and there, but we could go deep on, on a lot of them. But I really appreciate both of you today joining me. I don't know if you had any questions for me or if you'd like to say anything or how we can support you, how we can find you, those kinds of things. That would be great. So Latinitas, as we said, I mean, we have done programming in the Bay Area that was limited by COVID, but Woo-hoo. we'll be back potentially as things get restored. And people can find us at latinitasonline.org. There are ways to virtually volunteer too. So if people are feeling inspired um, and wanting to, you know, it could be just join in in, a, in one of our programs, but also uh, present yourself as a, a career presenter. We have opportunities like that. And uh, and just keep an eye on all our social media feeds, Latinitas Mag and at Facebook, at Latinitas on Twitter, because we are always uh, petitioning the public for feedback, support, um, and, and just helping us uh, come through for, mm-hmm. for the girls we serve. Right. I do want to add, I mean, another hope is that Latinitas leaves an impression um, for the girls that there are thousands of role mo- models out there already in social justice, health, education, the arts, business, engineering, etc. that girls and women can follow and look up to right now. And that will hopefully incline them to be role models uh, for someone else and pay that feeling forward of feeling seen, heard, understood, and will be motivated to take action into their own hands, create positive change and be themselves while doing it. Awesome. Yep. So that's latinitasonline.org. You can also find them on Twitter and Facebook. And again, if you'd like to volunteer virtually, you can go to their website and sign up. They do have events that are coming up where you can participate virtually as well. And if you'd like to donate to the organization, you can definitely do that. Or you can just get them in touch with some uh, really cool philanthropists that are starting to be more woke, like Mark Zuckerberg. All of a sudden, his philanthropy panel (laughs) starting to turn on him, which I think is awesome. But that's another story. So... So thank you, ladies, for joining me today from Latinas, from the block to the boardroom. And I will send you a copy. We will be in touch. Gracias. And let's stay in touch. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you, Teresa.